Did you know that money is the second most talked about subject in the Bible behind the kingdom of God? Yet, we can only quote maybe one or two financial verses. We all know the famous ones. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Or, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But today, I'm going to show you three secret money lessons from the Bible that will make you successful in the eyes of the Lord that they don't teach you in Sunday school. All this and more on this episode of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome to Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things, where we teach you how to be rich in spirit and righteous in action. My name is A.B. Bridgeway. I'm the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things and my mom's favorite Christian financial advisor. I'm a certified private wealth advisor professional, and I have been in the financial industry for over a decade. In 2020, I decided to open a Christian investment firm to help investors like you become rich in spirit and righteous in action. And on this show, we share with you some of the secrets and biblical philosophies that we share with our high net worth clients to better prepare you for a financial life centered around God. Now, there is an estimate of 2,350 verses in the Bible about money and possession. So I think God thought it was highly important that we understood the impact of our wealth and how it affects our personalities, our spirituality, and our emotional state. But when we need help with our finances, I mean, where do we turn? We turn to books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We turn to Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. But when a lot of these books, a lot of these authors don't know that these lessons heavily depend on biblical scriptures. The idea of even internalizing your ideas and helping them to manifest is nothing new. Great speakers such as Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn, they all leaned on these biblical principles to help you understand your wealth in this world in which you live. So today I'm going to do something special for you. I'm going to give you three secret money lessons from the Bible that will make you successful in the eyes of the Lord. Number one comes from Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 through 13. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So what's the secret? The secret is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we want wealth so we can be content. But Paul is telling us here, if we are content, we will be wealthy. So is Paul a failure because he doesn't have a lot of wealth or that he lost a lot of wealth? No, he wrote a majority of the New Testament in which a lot of us read today. You have to understand that the quality of your life is not determined by how much you have while creating it. See, you can have a money goal. Go for it. But trust God will provide. So the reason I like this verse, because this verse is about being happy in every stage of your life. See, when you're 20 and you're in college, you suffer because you think people are getting internships. People are getting jobs before you, things of that nature. Then in your 30s, you're like, people are having kids before you. They're getting married before you. And then in your 40s, people are getting promoted higher than you. You know, people are starting their own businesses. Then in your 50s, people are retiring before you. People are living their life before you. You know, it's this continuous cycle of always comparing yourself to someone else 
based on the stage in life that you are currently in. And what I want to tell you today and what Paul is saying to the people of Philippi is that, listen, there's good and there's bad. But you have to determine where you want to be in this life and how comfortable you're going to be in your finances, because no amount of money is going to make you comfortable. I learned this a long time ago. No matter how much money that you make, there's always going to be someone who makes more money than you. There's going to be people who make the same amount of money as you and don't care about your wealth. And there's going to be people who make less than you who are looking up to where you are. No matter what you do, you can buy a Ferrari and you may have a better car than people below you and they admire you. Or you can live in a neighborhood where everyone has a Ferrari and no one cares. And then you have somebody who may own a Lamborghini or another car that people, a supercar um, that someone else may have a one of one of, right? So we see this, we see this all the time in our world. So one of my favorite verses in the Bible actually comes from Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse 10. And it reads, he that loveth silver should not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. Now, if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know how we feel about the word vanity, right? The idea of meaninglessness that is for vain is for not, right? So the Hebrew word is actually hevel, meaning meaningless. And we get this meaning that it's like a puff of smoke or vapor that seems like it has substance, but it doesn't. So for you to love money, to, to adore it, to cherish it as if it's your God, you'll never be satisfied. The pursuit of wealth is insatiable and you are guaranteed to die unsatisfied if the accumulation is your goal. When you create a financial plan, though, the goal is never money. The goal is to leverage money to fund the things you want to do in this life. That means to travel, time with your kids, remodel your home, give back to the church and communities, help family and friends. If you do the things you love, the right amount of money will come. And in the meantime, you must be good stewards of the wealth that you do receive from God. So we should learn to maximize what we are given. It's like a seed. It wouldn't be wise to put that seed into a safe saying, I'm cherishing this apple seed. I want to preserve it, but you should put it into the ground so it could be fruitful and it can multiply the same with money. Our goal is for the money we do earn to be fruitful and to multiply and not fearful as we are intimidated by the work and the patience it takes to plant, to water and to allow to grow. And this leads us to our final scripture, John chapter 15, one through two. And it reads, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. To translate is saying that if something is a dead end and not working for you, get rid of it. If it's bearing fruit, then get rid of the evil things that attach to it. So the overall message here is to stay on the vine. Jesus goes on to say, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stay close to Jesus and I want you to ask for what you want because he wants to give it to you abundantly. But he's given you a strategy here. 
if you're going to invest your assets, we're going to have to make decisions. Unfortunately, they're not always going to be great decisions. All the decisions aren't going to bear fruit, but we have to know when to cut our losses and when to let the fruit that is prospering to grow. And we have to be patient. So, so how should you manage your money is not always clear because each one of you are unique the way you are and the way that you approach life and the things that you want out of this life. So it's really imperative that we drill down on these scriptures and pull out the things that are going to help guide us to the straight path. And that's the path of God. So what I want to do is I want to give you these scriptures and give them to you once again. The first comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. You have Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. And then you have John chapter 15, 1 and 2. And I want you to meditate on these scriptures and think about them in context of your own personal finances. What are some things you're going to change? What are the things you're going to apply now and make better financial decisions later? Do you understand that sometimes you're going to take losses? Or do you understand that sometimes you're going to have to cut away from the vine in order for you to grow and to get better? Are you going to understand that whether you have money or not, you're going to be content in everything that you have? Or do you understand if you fall in love with money, you'll never have enough? If you're a Christian and you're ready to combine your faith and your finances, set up a consultation with me using the link below. Go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a time to discuss how we can help you become rich in spirit and righteous in action. Also, if you want to get started, download our free ebook when you sign up for our newsletter, The Four Pillars to Christian Investing, where we introduce you to debt management strategies, savings techniques, investment account types, and wealth transfers. This 19-page guide will be a great foundation for Christians like you that want to combine their faith and their finances in one place. Well, until next time, I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.